stand up. This is our Volunteer Appreciation Sunday. Uh, the young people are joining us for the service. And uh, we just want to say thank you to everyone who volunteers, everyone who's generous, everyone who prays for the church, every one of you that love the church. And uh, we just want to honor you. And so if you volunteer in some way, just, just put your hand up nice and high. Come on. In, in the last year, since 2019 till now, You've volunteered somewhere. Look around. Look at all these people that give themselves in some way. Let's just give them a hand. Come on. We just love you. We appreciate you. You make the difference. You make the difference. You know, it's not about one person. It's not about, it's not about the people that are up here on the platform. It's about, it's about you loving people and serving people. Being filled with the Spirit of God and then giving a portion of that to someone else that needs it, man, that is just powerful stuff. Very powerful. Cool. You can sit on down. I'm looking for a volunteer who would be brave enough to sing. Anybody, anybody want to come up? And I, I'm, You know that song, that uh, Frozen song, Let It Go? Is there anybody that would come up and just sing as much as you can of it? You know, don't make me do it. Come on, somebody. I got five bucks for the first person that'll come up and start singing. Come on. Who is it? Who is it? Come on. You got to come up on the, on the platform. Yeah. Just go for it. Just give us your best shot. Um, let it go. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go. Let it go. Turn away and slam the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. You didn't. There you go. Way to go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. My uh, grandkids. Do I my? Oh, yeah. There. Uh, my grandkids took me to Frozen 2. So I was teasing them that it was too frozen. <laughs> Grandpa, it's not too frozen. It's frozen too. <laughs> That's fun stuff, all that. Right on. So we're talking today about forgiveness and letting go of the hurts that we carry. And so that's why I wanted you to sing that song, because it just kind of was fitting. So let's have a prayer, and then we'll jump into the Word. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Uh, thank you for every person that's gathered here today to hear your Word every person that's online that'll hear your word. And Lord, we know it's not just an accident that we're hearing uh, this. We believe that you have something to say to us. And so uh, we want our hearts to be soft to you, that we would respond to your will and your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So thank you for being here this morning. I want to acknowledge you if you're uh, tuning in online, man, we're just inviting you and congratulating you for being a part. Make sure you log in and make sure you, uh, if you've come with a prayer need today, make sure you ask. Our, our team, they're great people. They'd love to pray for you. Maybe you're believing for a miracle. Maybe you need something to happen that just wouldn't happen uh, any other way unless God stepped in. And that's what they love to do. They love to pray for miracles. And uh, just hearing every day about how God is working on people's behalf. So exciting. So exciting. Uh, so we're jumping into this message called it Three Miles from Forgiveness. And it'll make sense in a minute. But you know, we've all been hurt, haven't we? At some point along the way, we've all been offended by someone. We've been hurt by someone. And then the flip side of that, 
we've also offended somebody, right? We've all hurt someone. We've all done something that we wished later that we could take back. You know, we, we uh, yelled at somebody out our car window or we posted something on Facebook or done something and we thought after, oh no, why did I, why did I do that? Uh, yeah, we've talked to ourselves about some of that. And so uh, what we're talking today about is offenses uh, that are in our lives that become burdens that we carry. And how uh, sometimes we're carrying things that God doesn't intend for us to carry. We've just picked them up along the way, and they become attached to us. But did you know that oftentimes the burdens that we carry, we're more attached to them than they are to us, right? It's us that's holding on to them. They're, the burdens actually aren't holding on to us. We're holding on to the burdens. And uh, it can get to a place where we actually wonder, how in the world or why in the world am I bringing this along with me? Sometimes we start thinking about things that we're carrying and we think, how in the world did I get that? And I was thinking about a time when Carla and I were moving and we sold our house and we didn't have another house to move into. So we moved in with a friend of ours that came to the church here and uh, she uh, invited us to stay with her. And then we moved our stuff into her basement, into a crawl space. So we just kind of had the necessary things out that we needed, our clothes, some clothes, and, and, you know, a few things that we needed to get by, a few games, and the kids had a few toys and stuff like that, and, and uh, we just, we were happy as, as everything, weren't we? We were just living along, and, and then she went away, so we ended up staying with her for six, in her house for six months before we found a house, and at the end of the six months, we were able to buy a house. It was very exciting. We got a house. We were praying, and the Lord opened a door, and and uh, shout out to Lori. See, you're back there. Helped us find a house that we live in. And, and we we're just so over the moon. It was everything, you know, we we're dreaming of. And, uh, and then it came time, moving day. And we started to pull all the stuff out of the crawl space. And I started saying to myself and to everybody that was helping us, why in the world do we have all this stuff? You know, what do we got this stuff for? We have not used it for six months. I didn't even miss it. And we had, it was just like a big burden that we had. And, and uh, sometimes that's what happens with our offenses. We, we, we start looking at them and we're like, why in the world do we got them? Well, we're talking about forgiveness. And forgiveness is releasing your offender from the debt of offense that they've caused in our lives. So that's what we're talking about. It's releasing our offender from the debt of offense that they've caused in our lives. And so for some of you, there's hurtful things that have been done to you. So I'm not making light. And I believe this can be a powerful day for you. That Jesus wants to set you free from the burdens and hurts that you carry. You know, uh, one of the things that we can, uh, can do is we can avoid forgiving. And we can just start kind of putting it out of our mind and we kind of forget about it. We, it's just kind of gone. But every time we see that person, every time we hear their voice, you know, it just stirs up like right away. Like, oh, it, just, it was like it just happened like moments ago. You know, our hearts are beating and our hair stands up on the back of our neck and we're like, <laughs> you know, I haven't thought about that for three years. And all of a sudden it's like it just happened three minutes ago. It's a sign that you did not forgive, right? You tried to put it out of your mind. You tried to put it out of your sight. So avoiding is not forgiving. And that's where this title of this message, Three Miles from Forgiveness, because the horizon 
that we see outside is about three miles in our sight. So by putting the person, you know, just past the horizon, you know, just out of sight, just out of earshot, so we can't see them, we can't hear them, that's not forgiving. And we need to somehow close that gap and come into some forgiveness. So this could be your day. I'm believing this is going to be a powerful day. I've been praying for you that this would be a day of miracles for you, where you would start to walk in to forgiveness. You would start closing that three-mile gap. So Jesus, I want you to know, he wants to set you free. He wants you to be free from your offenses and your hurts. He wants you to put your burdens down before they change your life. They change your potential. That bitterness starts to, starts to rob you of the life he has won for you. You know, unforgiveness is not a burden that Jesus wants you to carry. It's a burden that we each choose to carry. Huh? It's a burden that we're choosing to carry. Jesus has not chosen that for you. He wants you to help you put it down. You're not a victim. You're God's son and you're God's daughter. That's who you are. You're a child of God. You're a child of the king. He doesn't want you walking around grumpy and miserable and saying, I'll never add up to what I should have, could have been. They've stolen it. No, God has won for you a new life, a new privilege to live as his child. And he wants to get that stuff out of your life to set you free. Isn't that great news? That's great news. So this is what we're talking about. Let's jump into these uh, verses. We just have a few minutes. So I'm going to try to whip through this as fast as I can and uh, keep you with me. So we're starting in Luke chapter 17, verses 3 and 4. So Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. He says this. If your brother or sister, so we're talking about family here, right? He's kind of getting down to it. Nuts and bolts, because that's the people that we usually have the hardest time with. It's the people that we're closest to, right? And so he says, if brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. Which just, you know, sometimes we hear the word rebuke and we think it means yell at them. But it means to correct them in love, right? That's what that really means. It means to go to them and point out, hey, that hurt. When you did that, that stung bad, Right? So he says, and if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you, how many times? Times in a day. That's a lot of times. You know, usually, you know, if it happened one time in a day and we would forgive them, that would, we would feel good about ourselves. Well, Jesus stepped it up and said, no, it's seven times. And they seven times they come back to you and saying, I repent. I'm sorry. He says, you must forgive them. You must forgive them. You know, the amount of burden that we are to put down is in direct proportion to what we've picked up. That's what Jesus is saying. So if you picked up an offense, that's how much you're supposed to put down. Like, you don't pick up, you know, a 300-pound offense and then put down 150 pounds and think it's over. No, he wants you to put it all down. You know, total forgiveness. You know, whatever you've picked up, put it all down. It's all to be forgiven. Forgiveness Uh, Another thing we can learn is forgiveness is hard. It's hard to forgive. So if you haven't forgiven, don't beat yourself up. Don't kick yourself in the pants. Because it's difficult to forgive. It's going to cost you something. I say this, it's cheap if it's not deep. 
And what I'm talking about, you know what kids are like and, they, and they're having a fight. Some of you kids ever fight with your brother or sister, huh? And your mom or dad says, you know, you say you're sorry. And you're like, no, I don't want to say I'm sorry. And so you just, to make your mom or dad get off your back, you say, sorry. Or, or I'm sorry then. <laughs> That's cheap, right? It doesn't re- it's not really mean, it doesn't mean anything to you. You, didn't re- you just said the words, but you actually didn't make the payment. You know what I'm saying? You actually didn't extend the forgiveness. And so this is what we're talking about, that real forgiveness is hard to really forgive, to give them their way when you don't think they should get their way. That, that's, that's real forgiveness. So then his disciples in verse 5, they say to the Lord, then increase our faith which sounds like a very holy religious answer. But if you read this in the original language, they're really being cheeky. What they're saying is, okay, well, if you want us to do that, then Jesus, then you're going to have to make us into perfect people or something. You're going to have to do a miracle in us. You're gonna, it's up to you then, you know? If you want me to live like that, then you're going to have to make us like you. And so, so what they're saying is, make it easy for us. You know, what they're saying is, Make it just so we can say, well, then, sorry. Sorry, then. <laughs> you know, if it's not, if it's cheap, it's not deep. So Jesus, give, then he gives them two ingredients that we all need to forgive others. And so the first one, he says, is just a speck, supposed to say of faith, just a speck of faith. And he says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. So then he gives an example. All is you need is faith in God that's so small you can actually hardly see it. In fact, if you weren't up close to it, you wouldn't even know it was there. That's what he said. You just need a small amount of faith. You know, the hardest things in this life only take a small amount of faith in God. You know why? Because God is able to do much more than we can ask, think, or imagine. That's why it's important for us to put our faith in God, not in ourselves and our abilities, right? We might say, you know what, I can't forgive. But you know what? God can help you, right? If we just had small amount of faith. And so we can get this mixed up with not just a small amount of faith. We can get it mixed up with little faith, right? Now, small faith means we have a small amount of faith in God. Little faith. And you remember Jesus said to his disciples, he said, Oh, you of little faith. Right? What he was saying is, you guys are doubters. Your faith is just built on doubt. You're not trusting me. And I was thinking about this story. Something happened years ago. A young guy, actually, that I baptized right here. He was a young, young boy. I think he was about 12. He gave his life to Christ. And, and Carl and I were teaching him in, in the kids' ministry. And those days it wasn't cool name like Next Gen Kids, but now it is cool. Lucky kids get Next Gen Kids. In those days it was called something nerdy. <laughs> anyway, this kid met Jesus. He was 12. And uh, I remember he went hunting with his dad. And he came back. He was going to get baptized. And he wanted his dad to come to watch the baptism. And his dad did not believe in Jesus. So he was praying his dad would believe in Jesus. And, and so uh, they got out hunting north. They were up way north, out in the rural area, and, and uh, they were hunting for the weekend, were driving around, chasing wild beasts of some kind, you know, having fun, dad and son. And, and on the way home, it became obvious that they were going to run out of gas. They didn't judge the gas situation properly. And so they're on the way home, and the boy says to his dad, we should pray. <laughs> 
He had a small amount of faith. Right? His faith was small, but it was good. He was trusting. He said, God could help us. I believe God could help us. And his dad said, that ain't going to help. Little faith. Small faith, the boy. Dad, little faith. Doubt. That's the difference here. Jesus said, if you want to forgive, what the first ingredient you need, small amount of faith. End of the story, the gas tank, the boy prayed, and the gas needle went up. The dad came and watched his son get baptized that Sunday. It was pretty cool. It was very cool. Very cool. So anyway, Jesus said, one of the ingredients you need is just a small amount of faith. Just a small. You might be sitting at home right now, and I'm telling you, all you need is a small amount of faith. And God can help you to forgive that person that has offended you that you've never been able to get over. You know, we need to hear uh, the word of the Lord to get faith. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So we know that faith is a gift from God that we get as we hear God's voice. We need a rhema from God. Like that boy had heard that God could do anything and he believed God. I believe you, God. When you say you can do anything, you can do anything. And I'm going to pray. Gas goes into my dad's tank. And he believed it and he prayed it and it happened. Isn't that amazing? And so when we get a rhema word, a living word, we hear God's voice, we have this assurance of faith and we can walk into it. So that's one of the things we need. That's a powerful ingredient. Then the second ingredient, Jesus says, is unquestioning obedience. And Jesus uses the analogy of an employer and an employee. And he says employees are paid to do a job. Should they expect to be thanked? For everything that they're paid to do. I don't go and chase Pastor Kimmy down every day and say, Pastor Kimmy, thanks for being at work on time. Yeah, that's amazing. You're awesome. Thanks for phoning those people. Thank you, Pastor Kimmy. Thanks for organizing this. And thanks. I just do not do that. You know, she gets paid to do a job. And just for doing the job, I don't run around and thank her every moment. I mean, I do. I think I do thank you for doing some jobs. But, I mean, that's what Jesus is saying. There's some things that we just do that we're expected to do. We shouldn't expect to get a bunch of praise for that. And in verse 10, he says, So you also, when you've done everything you were told to do, should say, we're unworthy servants. We've only done what we're supposed to do. So he's saying, you know, the minimum amount is just simply obeying me. Like, if you just do that, if you go above that, then maybe I'm going to be really encouraging. You know, and as followers of Jesus, we shouldn't question him. We shouldn't, you know, uh, uh, second guess him when he says, I want you to obey. I want you to forgive. Well, what about this? Well, what about, you know, what if they did that? And then, oh, what about, what if Jesus, you would never have forgiven if they did. If you would have known what they said to me, then Jesus, you would make an exception. In this case... No, he said, in every case, seven times a day, I want you, whatever they've done, I want you to forgive. Forgiveness requires supernatural. It requires the supernatural. If we're just doing it in our own strength, it's difficult and hard, and, and it's almost impossible. In fact, maybe it is impossible. So Jesus teaches them a principle of faith, and he, I call it the go-then-show principle. See, forgiveness is a reality that we live in and obedience, that we, uh, we need faith and obedience to overcome it. And we need to step into forgiveness 
with faith and obedience. It takes that supernatural activity that we're going to believe that when I start to do it, something's going to happen. And so Jesus gives this example. He said, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity upon us. And when he saw them, he said, guess what he said? Go, then show, right? He said, go and show yourselves to the priest. So what he was saying is, I'm actually not going to heal you. I want you to go, then show. And you know, in the process of going and showing, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get healed. Now, they could have said to him, you know, Jesus, I am not, I still, look at my skin. Look at me. I'm all, I'm all covered in leprosy. I'm not going. I'm not going to go. What's the point of me going? Because you didn't actually do anything. But Jesus said, no, what I want you to do is have faith and obey, right? Go, then show. And you know what happened? The rest of the story is these guys were healed, right? You know, we have grandkids, and every Thursday night we have the grandkids over. It's Grandma and Grandpa Day, and uh, they come over to our house. And our grandkids, they're amazing. They, they are just, they're perfect in every way. And, uh, but when they're over, I'm always reminded uh, how practical family is, right? It's like a little laboratory for God to use to show us how these principles work. And there's always room uh, in, their rea- in their actions with each other and with us. There's always room to practice forgiveness, huh? You know, it's really funny. One of my grandkids was over one day, and they had something the other one wanted, and they were fighting, and they stuck, the one stuck it up in the air, you know, on their tippy toes and hit, held it up like this. And they said, uh, caring is sharing. <laughs> so they were saying, you need to care for me by sharing this with me. <laughs> you know, that can be sometimes our perspective. But Jesus is saying, no, I want you to uh, step out and, and offer the, by faith and obedience, the forgiveness. So there's two ways we can look at forgiveness. There's two ways. Number one, we can look at the benefit of the freedom of forgiveness. You know, there's great benefit when you forgive, when you give up forgiveness to someone who's offended you. One of the benefits is parents, you know what you will do? You will protect your kids from taking on your offense. Wouldn't you want your kids to love Jesus Wouldn't you want him to follow him with all their hearts? Wouldn't you want your kids' hearts to stay sweet to him? Oh, man, that's one of my biggest prayers. Even now when my kids are growing up, I pray for them, that their hearts would be fully set on Jesus. Their hearts would be deeply in love with Jesus. That's still my prayer as an old guy. And so as parents, why would we want to cause an offense to come into our kids' hearts? Because that's often what happens. They pick up on our offense and actually balloons into something even greater, and it turns their, their hearts away from Jesus. Huh? One of the benefits of forgiving is we protect our kids from taking on our offense. Another benefit is we open the door for love to work and save a person or a relationship. Isn't that amazing what could happen uh, through forgiveness? 
Uh, we prevent the devil from gaining a foothold in our lives. We were talking about that, I think, last week, about how that foothold can be just like inviting the devil to move into a spare room in your house, right? Let's keep him out, out of the house. We don't need, we got enough stuff to worry about. Let's not invite him in there. And so one of the benefits of forgiveness is it prevents the devil from gaining that access to our lives. Another benefit, another way to look at forgiveness is the challenge of pride. And pride says it's too hard to forgive. That person doesn't deserve to be forgiven. And the pride of human reasoning comes in and thinking that forgiveness is just done in my own strength and it's too hard for me. And we forget that God actually asks us to do it and he wants to help us to do it. Isn't it amazing that God asks us to do something and he says, you know, I'm even going to help you with that. It's going to be supernatural. Things are going to happen that are unusual that you wouldn't even believe. I heard a story after the first service about how someone forgave someone and it took them 15 minutes to actually get it to come out of their mouth. It was such a difficult moment moment for them to actually say, you know what, God, I want you to forgive that person and not just forgive them, but I want you to bless them. I want their lives to be blessed. And as they did that, they were actually booked to go in for surgery on their, on their jaw. Their jaw was healed. Their jaw was healed. Isn't that amazing? And they didn't have to go for the surgery because they released the forgiveness. Isn't it amazing how our pride can stop us from moving into the very thing that Jesus wants to give us? In verse 1, verse Verses 1 to 3 of that chapter 17, Jesus said to his disciples, the things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. The offenses are bound to come. That's what he's saying. It's gonna, if it didn't happen, it's going to happen. <laughs> but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause any one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. That's what he's saying. It's so important. There's so much at stake. It's, even if it, we just think about it from the point of, the, of our kids and the young people that we have in our church and in our lives, we want them to be amazing, don't we? Come on, adults. Don't we want our kids to be awesome? Don't we want them to love God and know the goodness of God? I do. I do. And surely it's worth me saying swallowing my pride and saying, you know what, I am going to give an apology even though that person doesn't deserve it because I want my kids to be amazing. I might as well go jump in a lake with a rock tied around my neck if I won't do it. That's what Jesus said. According to Jesus, forgiveness is a matter of life and death. It's amazing. It's amazing to think, well, you think, ah, no one will notice. Everybody will forget about it, whatever. But Jesus is saying, no, it's actually got the power to destroy a life. Forgiveness, this is my last point, and we're going to end with this. Forgiveness is a process, not an event. Forgiveness is a process, not an event. Luke 17, 14, we read this verse earlier, but at the end of that verse, he said, he saw them and he told them, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, as they went, they were cleansed, right? So the go and show principle came into practice or came into reality as they went. And forgiveness is something that we often will not feel. Right? Forgiveness is something we're going to obey God and do. It doesn't mean we feel it first. It means we obey first. We, we ask for faith. We ask for a word from God. We ask to be led by God. And we ask Him to send us and give us favor. And as we do it, God says, as they went, their lives were changed. The situation was changed. They were cleansed. 
Wouldn't that be great to be cleansed? Wouldn't it be great to let go of that offense that's been eating at you, that's been weighing you down? Aren't you just ready to let it go? I know I am. And uh, they even wrote a song for us. Isn't that great? Luke 6, 27 to 28, Jesus said these words, But to you who are listening, that's you sitting in this room, that's you that's online, to you that's listening, love your enemies. Wow. You know, Jesus, some people say Jesus was weak. You know? (laughs) Think about that. Love your enemies. Love the people that hate you, he said. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And in this, I want to just challenge you with this idea that we can choose to walk the three miles back to forgiveness. We can choose to walk the three miles to forgiveness. These three things teach us how we can begin to love our offenders. Jesus teaches us how do we let go of our offense? How do we come into forgiveness when we don't feel it? How do we do it when it's hard? And Jesus said, this is the pattern right here. Number one, I choose to pray for them. I choose to pray for them. I know it's in a different order than it's up there. And I'm, and I'm just giving it to you this way because it's a little simpler. There's nobody that we can't pray for. <laughs> you know, some of our offenders, we can't, we can't actually see them. We don't, might not even know where they are. We might not know where they live. We might, they might have uh, abused us. And I'm not asking you to go and stand before your abuser. But you can always pray for that person. You can always pray for the, that offender. We can pray for them in an exact way that we pray for ourselves. You say, how in the world could I pray for my offender? Well, pray the exact things you pray for yourself. Pray that God would bless them. Pray that his favor would be upon them. Pray that he would, he would lead them in their day. Pray that he would turn their hearts towards him. Pray that they would be prosperous in their health. Pray that they'd be prosperous in their homes. Pray they'd be prosperous in their work. Pray that their health would be great. Pray that they'd have spiritual strength. Pray that they would have the grace of God upon their lives. Pray for they'd be, they'd be desperate for God. Pray that there'd be humility and wisdom in their lives from God. All the things you pray for yourself, you'd pray for your enemies. And you can do that and pray for them every day. You know, all these things that are here, there may be a couple of them that might be a challenge for you. But this one here, you all, we all can do it. Whether we feel it or not, we can do it. In fact, Jesus asks us, to pray for our enemies, right? So you say to me, Pastor Greg, how long do I have to pray for them? Well, you pray for them until you've forgiven them and they're no longer your enemy, right? Because Jesus said you pray for your enemies. Once they're not your enemy, you don't have to pray for them. It lets you off the hook. They're good to go. You're good to go. That's what you got to do. That's what he asks us to do. And we want to obey him. When you've forgiven them, God will release you because they're no longer your enemy. The second thing Jesus uh, asks us to do in the second step in that three-mile journey is he asks us to bless them. Not just to pray for them, but actually pray a blessing over them. To speak, uh, to choose to speak well to them. To encourage them to share their fault, not to share their faults with others. So this is talking about 
you're not going to spread what they said to you. You know, they might have swore at you. They might have cursed you. And you thought, you know what? I'm going to tell everybody what they did just so everybody hates them too, not just me. Well, when you bless them, you're making the decision, I am not going to do that. I am not going to speak evil of them. I am not going to bring it up. Even when people try to pry it out of me, these lips are sealed, you know. And I'm not talking about if they've broken the law or whatever and the police come. you got to be honest and all that. The law run its course. But I'm talking about you blessing and encouraging them. Releasing words of forgiveness to them when possible. And then thirdly, to choose to do good to them. Ask God. God, how do you want me to do good to this person? How can I show them respect and kindness? How can I show them love? You know, and for everybody, it's going to be a different thing. And I'm asking you to ask God what he wants you to do. And then you know what? Then go for it with all your heart. And just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Keep praying for them. Keep blessing them. Keep doing good. And you know what's going to happen? (laughs) There's going to be a resolve. God's going to bring forgiveness into your heart. And and we're going to believe that there's going to be forgiveness for that offense. And that relationship would be restored. Let's not wait till we feel forgiveness. Let's take the three steps towards forgiveness in faith and obedience. And in doing that, we will find forgiveness. Let's stand up. Oh, God is good. God is good. God is going to help you. He doesn't ask you to do something that's too hard for you. (laughs) That person that you're thinking of, as I've been preaching, that has offended you, you know who that is. Maybe there's several people. Maybe you're a young person. Maybe you need to apologize to your brother or sister. Maybe you need to ask them. Maybe you need to go to them and tell them how that stung, whatever they did. And, uh, and you need to find a resolve and find forgiveness. I want to encourage you that this is a day of miracles. God is lifting our faith for forgiveness, for healing, the letting go of the hurts uh, that we carry and moving from being a victim to a victorious child. Of God. That's his plan. He's setting your feet on a rock. He's got a plan for good for you. He doesn't want you to live in the hurt and the pain of the past. He's going to move you into wholeness and health and strength in your life. You're going to be an earth shaker. And you know what's going to happen as you find forgiveness? You're going to lead people into forgiveness. You're going to see how it works and you're going to go around gospelizing and saying, you know what, how you, you can forgive it. I, I actually did it. I tried this and it actually worked. God did a miracle in my life. And you're going to see people that you know and love becoming free. So let's just pray. Lord, thank you. We just invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you. We're not just uh, speaking words, Lord, that are just rules and, and hardships. But we're making room for faith to function in our lives. Where we we've, might have been hurt badly in the past. There might be deep wounds. There might be brokenness in our hearts. But, Lord, you want us to come into wholeness. You want us to come into strength. And, Lord, we thank you for giving us the tools today to walk in faith and walk in obedience to you. And, Lord, we pray. I pray for every person that's here as they go that you would show up in their lives as they go to start practicing these principles, as they go to offer a prayer 
as they go to bless, as they go to do good. I pray, Lord, that you would start to do miracles in relationships. We're believing for healings to come. We're believing for relationships to be restored between brothers and sisters and moms and, and dads and their children and uncles and aunts and, and bosses and their workers and all kinds of relationships, people in the church with one another where there's been great offense. Lord, we're believing that forgiveness can come and where it seems like it's just too hard, that too much water's gone out of the bridge. We say, that's none of that. You've asked us to forgive. And so, Lord, we're going to do what you've asked us to do. And we're asking you to come by your Holy Spirit and let miracles happen. Let our hearts be changed. Let people be set free. Let us be set free from the hurts that we've been carrying so that we can become victorious sons and daughters of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You might be here this morning. You might be watching online. You say, man, I don't even know Jesus. I've never even been forgiven by Jesus. Man, I'd love to be set free from my, my own screw-ups. And you know what? Jesus wants to forgive you. He's died to forgive you. He's given his life. He lived a perfect life so that he could bring forgiveness and wholeness to your life. And it, all it does, all you need to do is invite him to come into your life. Just say to him, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I just admit I need you. I need forgiveness. I've caused hurt. I've caused offense. I've even offended you. I've done things against you. I've done things against others. And I'm asking, would you forgive me, Jesus, and give me a new heart, a new life? Make me your child. Make me a victorious child of you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just receive you right now. Amen.